0: Welcome to Season 5 of the award-winning Christian Outdoors podcast with your host, Pete Rogers.
1: Welcome back to Christian Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Pete Rogers. This show is being brought to you by Taurus USA, the leading manufacturer of reliable, affordable firearms for personal protection, hunting, and sports shooting. For more information and to learn why you can rely on Taurus, visit TaurusUSA.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Christian Outdoors Podcast. I have with me once again, as I said in the intro, Mr. Matt Tandy from AG Composites. And the reason I brought Matt back again so soon was because after we finished recording last time, he starts telling me all these other cool stories about his journey. I'm like, why didn't you share that before? He said, well, I just didn't think about it. Or, you know, we went down a different path. I said, well, I got to get you back on here and we got to talk about this. But he also has some other cool products coming out with AG composites composites that we want to talk about. I think I'm going to flip the order today, Matt, and we're going to do the uh, faith side stuff that you left out last time first. And then we'll come into the other part next, if you don't mind. So we were talking before, Matt Matt was telling me about, uh, if you remember his episode, and I'll put the link to the original episode in the show notes, um, about their faith journey and starting this company and some of the the struggles they had where they, you know, one of their first customers went out of business, they didn't get paid. And what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? But he started telling me about how God provided during that. And even before then So, Matt, I wanted you to just kind of pick up and, and just again, refresh the listeners a little bit about your story, but then tell me or tell them what you were telling me about how God was providing in ways you never expected. Yeah.
0: What was it? Three words, right? Wheel of fortune.
1: literally (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so and actually three words but wheel of fortune um yeah so we we've got entrepreneur blood in the tandy family and so well you know years before ag composites i got out of the military in o2 we ended up just south of charlotte in rock hill south carolina and brand new baby. Um, Harley was born December of 01. And then Blake was born 368 days later. And Harley was an army baby. And then I got out at the beginning of December of 02, uh, left Fort Bragg, went to Rock Hill, South Carolina, took the first job available and got there. And the baby came, you know, four weeks early. We, we, we just think they missed the, delivery date. And so we didn't right. know anybody. but so a lot, a whirlwind of things happening with new career, young babies uh, you know, our marriage was a little rocky with, you know, military, just a lot of separation and stuff. And so just a lot of rockiness there on multiple levels. So to add to that rockiness, I just decided to start a business because what better time to start a business than when you got babies and a rocky marriage right. and all that right. stuff. So, yeah.
1: Right.
0: So in December of 03, I had the idea for a document shredding company and I was working at a mortgage company and I was throwing paper away or not wanting to throw paper away. And they're like, we'll just shred. And I'm like, it takes forever. Those little shredders don't work. So I had you know, thought of the idea. It was like, maybe there's a service for shredding. And so I started looking and there was big national companies, international companies as well, but nothing kind of locally owned. So I said, well, I'm going to start a document shred company. and We didn't really have much money from the army but let's just step out in faith and do this. And so that was in December. And about that same time, you know, my wife's like, how are we going to pay for them? I'm like, "Yeah, we've got a little bit of savings. We'll figure it out. I just didn't want to work for corporate America. I wanted to do my own thing. And so I took a little bit of money and started a shred company, went out and started going door-to-door sales, uh, sales and stuff. But during that whole time, my wife and I, uh, we went one weekend to the Dale Jarrett Ford dealership. They're in Charlotte, and they had the mm-hmm. Wheel of Fortune mobile there. It was a gimmick to get people to come to the dealership. So the big RV there, Wheel of Fortune, tons of people, hundreds of people. Uh, Pat, Sajak, and Vanna White were not there, but it was an opportunity to go there and try to spin the wheel and get an, a shot to be on the show. We went there, and young parents forgot the stroller. So you got a one-year-old and a two-year-old, and they're hooting and hollering and just wanting to walk around and uh, not crawl and walk, barely. And so after a couple of hours, we, like, we got to go. We got to go. Kids are going crazy. We need to leave. So on the way out, we dropped her name into a box, a cardboard box, nothing fancy, just contact information, dropped it off. Two weeks later, my wife gets an email saying, hey, do you want to come to auditions? And the auditions were at a really nice resort there in Charlotte. And so it's not like her to go. She's not the one to go to a big social setting, but she's like, well, I'll drop the kids off at a parent morning out at our church. I'm out trying to start a new company, door-to-door business sales. So she goes, and there's like 200 people there. And within the first 30 minutes, you know, very short amount of time, they eliminate like 100 people. And they just are looking at who can they put on TV. So it's really just like, okay,
1: yeah,
0: say something. Okay, you can speak normal. No, you can't understand you.
1: Right. That's why I have a podcast. I have a face for podcast. Right, yeah, not for TV, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> so yeah, we don't want that guy on TV well, with, AI, with AI generation. Now you can be whatever you want,
1: that's true, that's true. So, they can take this ugly mug and still do well with it. Yeah,
0: dang, you look good for your age, man. So, <laughs> but so they narrow it down to about 100 people, and then they actually do a written test like 10 15 questions to make sure you got something up there. And then they actually got up and spun the wheel and they said, Hey, spin the wheel, clap, call out a letter, just pretend like you're on TV. So she goes through that. And then when they're done, they're like, okay, cool. we got everybody's name and information. If we contact you, congratulations. If we don't contact you, thanks for coming out. A few weeks comes by goes by and we get a call. It's on a Monday. And they said, Hey, this is so-and-so from wheel of fortune, Los Angeles. We'd love for you to come out and be on the show. And they talk to my wife and I'm like, Holy cow, man. And she's like, cool. When and they're like, we need you out here. Uh, we're going to do the show Friday morning. So come in Thursday, you can film Friday, head out Saturday. And my wife's like, uh yeah, I can't make it. We're going to Philadelphia for the Army Navy game because her sister was at the Naval Academy. And I'm waving her off going, What are you doing, man? This wheel of fortune, they're not gonna call back. And so she's talking to him. She's like, All right, thanks, bye. I said, What happened? She's like, Well, they're gonna call back if they have an opening. I'm like, Woman, what are you doing? You know, so <laughs> and uh, she's like, So we went to the Army Navy game, came back, and then that Monday after the weekend, they called and said, Hey, do you oh, want to hey. They called and we're like, she's like, yeah. So she flew out on Thursday and went to the studio on Friday. They filmed six shows that day. And so she rolled the dice and she got a number two. So she was going to be on the second show. So she goes on the show. And if you ever watch it, you know, they immediately start with like, Hey, welcome to wheel of fortune. Let's start with a game. And so she wins that first puzzle. And part of the story is when all of our friends were watching this happen. So the the three months after the film, they filmed the show, it was actually on TV. So uh. people knew that we were on wheel of fortune, our friends did, but they didn't know the outcome. So when they saw her win that first puzzle, they, the house erupted, you know, like, yeah, but then she just continued to win all the puzzles except for one. And so I don't, four or five puzzles competing against the other two contestants. She won all, but one of them, which then took her to the final round. Where um, she, it was a five-letter word, and it was a person, and the only letters available were the E R. So it was blank, blank, blank E R. So it was some person that ended up with an E-R. five-letter
1: word. Don't tell me I don't know the answer. Yeah, five-letter so word, and and then she got to pick her. No
0: that's an vowel.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and she
0: picked them, and nothing popped up. Uh, <laughs> so well, like, oh, it's so yeah Ten <laughs>
1: so, seconds. Yeah. Five letter and ends in er.
0: Yep, and it's that could person.
1: be anything. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not doctor. It's not. Uh, I got nothing.
0: Yeah, it's and even looking at you like, gee whiz. So she started going through the alphabet. You know, with a like uh, a, but b biker baker. You know, you know, and the c caker. You know, you know, whatever. And she ran out of time, but it ended up being hiker. Ah. Which is like, oh, of course, hiker, but. You have 10 seconds, you know, it's a million seconds
1: is not long.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he revealed, you know, Pat reveals what she could have wanted was like 25 grand. But at that point, when she was all said and done, we won uh, $25,000 in cash and a $5,000 trip to Aruba. And so after taxes, we took home close to 20 grand. But that 20 grand and the money we had saved while we were, you know, almost eight, nine years in the military, uh that money we lived on for about a year and a half without a paycheck to start the shredding company. You know, the kids are young. So we threw them. We moved into a really a lot smaller house. You know, we we, we went to a third of the size of what the first house we had to right. a little house just to cut expenses everywhere to live off of savings so that every money we made in the shred company, um, you know, would stay in the money to continue to grow it. And so amazing story, like, holy cow. I mean, uh, you know, wheel of fortune of all things, you know, yeah, and
1: yeah.
0: I mean, who would have ever thought? And we, we, I use that story a million times, one, just to kind of break the ice when I'm out doing sales calls, but also just kind of a story of like who would have thought. And there were many stories during the start of the, the, the shredding company, as well as my storage company after that. And of course, AG Composites, where just God showed up in all these different ways through connections, through relationships, through just, uh, I guess, deliverance from, you know, a bad contract where it's like, Holy cow, we're about out of the money and able to mm-hmm. weather those storms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the wheel of fortune is just a really fun story where everybody knows wheel of fortune. And it so is, we, it is.
1: Yeah. And that's so important to point out, uh, that, All these things that that happen and the people that help you along the way. And somebody told me this recently. We were talking. I'm I'm right now scramming trying to remember who told me. Um, But somebody asked Billy Graham one time, how did you get to where you are? How did you become Billy Graham? And he said, you ever seen a turtle on a fence post? Yeah, no,
0: unless someone put him up there.
1: Unless somebody put them up there. That's what his point was. He said, nobody gets anywhere by themselves. Somebody helps you along the way. And it's usually more than one person. It's multiple people help you along the way. And I think, Matt, one of the most incredible things that God does is how he uses other people without our even being aware of it. And a lot of times they're not aware of it. Yep. of how god uses other people to help other people to achieve his plan and sometimes we're not even aware that, that that we're a part of that
0: yeah and you you know being a willing vessel to be to be used and you know kind of you know sometimes you have that nudge that you yep. kind of recognize that that is a whole nudge of the holy spirit right and um, it may not be you know but it could be but you know just yep by acknowledging it and then taking that step forward. But yeah, absolutely. And God's given us all, you know, different gifts. I always kind of use the phrase gift zone. You know, know, we all have our special gifts. I've always said that if you told me, my role at AG Composites would be the finance and accounting. I'd be like, I'm going to be miserable because I'm horrible at math. <laughs> and so I'm going to end up just hiring just someone just who's just super smart.
1: There's so, no algebra in accounting though. That's a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's not my gift zone. It's like, I could, I could fight my way through it, but it'd be against the grain. Yeah. And so trying to find what the, your gift zones are and, and then using those gifts in relation to, you know, you know, and then encountering with people, and whether you know it or not, you know, how God's working through those relationships, you know, the good Mm -hmm. ones, the challenging ones. Mm -hmm. But so that, you know, business was a lot of fun. It was um, probably two or three years into that company. And, you know, we had some traction going with the shredding company. And I remember just throwing up my hands one day, you know, two and a half, three years into it. I'm like fighting with the Lord. I'm like, I'm doing all these things, you know, I'm, I'm working hard, you know, I'm not, I'm being honest. I'm not, cheating the system because
1: right
0: part of the shredding you know you would you would go in one case a company would call and say hey we got 500 boxes we need you to shred you know it's a one-time purge or something and so we would charge by the weight and so we would pick Mm -hmm. the documents up and bring it back to our facility where we had a big shredder and all that stuff well we would weigh everything and i tell you the temptation to add a few pounds and then. Proverbs, he talks about you know dishonest scales, you know just right. Um, and so the temptation to say, well, you know this is a thousand pounds. You know if we if we say thirteen hundred, you know the customer's not going to know, and that's an extra few hundred bucks or whatever. But you know I always say, well, it's kind of hard to call you know call on the Lord to bless your company if you're doing something shady because you're right. not gonna, you're right. not going to trick him.
1: Right. So and the customer's not there to verify the weight; they're trusting you yeah. to that it's going to be the right weight.
0: Yeah, because we would tell them that typically a box weighs around, you know, 20, 30 pounds if it's a little copy paper box size of
1: paper. Yeah.
0: But so we, you know, but about two and a half, three years into it, just kind of threw my hands up. And then but it was shortly thereafter, kind of like you relinquish everything to the Lord. So how, how much you trust me just kind of relinquish it. And then we really just started to take over or not take over, just take off. And we ended up selling it to Centos about five years into it. We grew it to the largest shred company in the Charlotte region. And so Centos uh, called us and said, we want to buy you. And that was in March of uh, 08. So we Mm -hmm. were a little over four years into it. And then later that year, August 08, we sold it. It was the end of August. And then six weeks later, the economy tanks. Yes. And we got out at the best time. So we would sell the shredded paper in a compact bailed form to paper mills. So we would charge the customer to pick it up and shred, and then we would sell the paper to recycle mills. And when we sold, we were, the paper was selling for around 235 a ton, highest ever in, in in history at that time. And then when the economy tanked six weeks later, it went from 235 to 90 bucks overnight. And a lot of our customers, big customers, we shredded for like Duracell and a lot of these big names. 08 forced big companies to kind of relook their organization and streamline and so they dumped a lot of the independent shred guys who typically charge a little bit more than a big national company and they consolidated under one big national shred contract for example so a lot of those big customers I had Cintas no longer had them or (laughs) Cintas was able to service them because Cintas was a national company
1: right? Right. but
0: for us we would have lost a huge source of revenue from the paper dropping Mm -hmm. and potentially losing some of our biggest names because of the shift in the economy But so it's a timing thing where in March 08, when Sentai's called, I played hard to get, now let's see what you guys offer. But I knew in my heart, I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to sell this thing. And we went through the diligence and sold. So,
1: Yeah. Well, when they call out of the blue like that, you got to wonder, is this God telling me I need to, he has something else in store. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that was, that was a good move. You know, I stuck with them for about a year, which was kind of the agreement. And then I started a document storage company. So, Instead of shredding everything, we had a big facility full of documents. And again, another opportunity um, lots of God sightings and God things during that company. And I sold that in 2014. And when I moved, then we moved from uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina to Alabama
1: mm-hmm. to
0: start aging deposits. And so, yeah, yeah from 04 to the present date, just a lot of opportunities to start companies and ups and downs and lots yeah. of God well, stuff.
1: For those who are who may didn't have not heard the first episode that we had with you back in August, AG Composites makes premium rifle stocks. I will let him explain the details of it. Mostly carbon fiber uh, rifle stocks for the Remington seven hundred platform and all the clones, and they make a variety of different carbon stocks. Um, but that's why we have them on here is because AG Composites is probably this is Pete. Okay, this is. I'm not being paid by Matt to say this, the best aftermarket stock that you can get if you want to be um, the most accurate shooter that you can. Uh, so, and that's just me talking. So, but Matt has some exciting news about some of the growth that AG Composites is doing and some of the new products that are coming out. Why not you share some of those with us?
0: Yeah. And I appreciate those things you say. Yeah. We've got a good product line. Um, we've got a good team here and, a lot of good folks who are making these carbon fiber stocks what they are, and so um, we recognize that the carbon fiber is a very expensive option. You know, unless you get one of our sales stocks that happens every once in a while, typically you're going to be six hundred bucks on up to nine hundred dollars for carbon fiber stock, and that's a lot of cash. And it's just as much as the rifle in a
1: lot of places, in a lot of cases, yeah. as much as the rifle itself. Yeah,
0: Ab- absolutely, and we understand that just. A lot of of folks may not be in a position to be able to spend that much or they're just not wanting to spend that much, whether they got Mm -hmm. a lot of money or not. And so we recognize there's a whole other market out there. And so um, we're going to start offering, or we are offering uh, fiberglass stocks. And so we are using a very high quality fiberglass and all the materials associated with that. These fiberglass stocks go through the exact same process as our carbon fiber stocks. There's no difference other than the materials. And so materials cost less. And so therefore, we can offer the stocks at a much lower price point. Mm -hmm. To finish a carbon fiber stocks takes a lot more labor to get it done, whereas a fiberglass stocks doesn't take as much labor. So again, you add up all those savings, which means we can then offer these stocks at at a lower price point. But it's still going to be the same quality uh, craftsmanship that AG Composites uh, is known for. So you can get into a sporter style stock like our Privateer mm-hmm. for three ninety nine, or you can go with the famous Alpine Hunter for four forty nine. And so you can go to the website. We, you know, we've got a new website, and on that website, if you've always liked the carbon. The carbon fiber Alpine Hunter, but you weren't, you know, weren't able to spend $750, 800 bucks. You can get the Alpine Hunter for four forty nine. It's just made out of fiberglass, so it still has the same look. It has the same uh, ergonomic feels. It feel it's just going to be, you know, probably about eight or nine ounces heavier because fiberglass is just heavier. But you can pick any of the candle patterns. So if you're a huge fan of the Kodiak Rogue, well, you can get a Kodiak Rogue fiberglass Alpine Hunter. Again, it weighs a little bit more, but it's the Alpine Hunter. It's got the Kodiak Rogue. It can be inleted for all the different 700 clones and 700 footprint barrel channels, and it can be inleted to our bottom metal. So we are offering now M5 bottom metals, and we're offering a AG BDL. So the footprints will be identical. So if you have the AG M5, but you want to switch to the hinged floor plate, you can just take the. m5 out and put the bdl in and then you have the hinge floor plate option as well and so those the the new fiberglass stocks we've got 13 models right now that are carbon fiber but those same 13 models can be ordered in a fiberglass version for you know almost half the cost but the
1: same quality
0: that ag is known for arca rails picatinny rails qd cups and bottom metals also are on the website
1: What are my color options? Because with carbon fiber, it's different than fiberglass. You know, fiberglass, I'm assuming you're painting them or dipping them or something. And the carbon fiber, you do it differently. So if I want the fiberglass, can I just pick a color? Or is there a color spread for me to choose from?
0: Yeah, so on the website, you basically have two paths you can go down. So if you go down the fiberglass version, then all of the finish options you have, um, those stocks will be fully painted. So if you went with the dark timber, so that's another thing I'm glad we're talking about is we have a whole new camo pattern coming out as well called the terrain family. So you've got the rogue family, and then you've got the terrain camo family. And we do that really internally so that when our paint team grabs a stock, they see dark timber terrain. When they hear the word terrain, they know which pattern that is. Or if they see Kodiak Mm -hmm. rogue, they know the rogue pattern. And then the Kodiak obviously tells what color schemes that Mm -hmm. that it is but so the terrain camo is super cool but all the uh, fiberglass stocks will be fully painted so if you were to go with the dark timber terrain for example it's going to have a black base and then you'll have camel patterns on top of that if you go with the uh, prairie terrain it's got kind of an od green base with then colors on top of it and so fiberglass stocks will have a base color whether it's black green gray and then camel on top of it if you went with the Kodiak Rogue for fiberglass, it will have a, a black base with those uh, Kodiak colors on it. Mm-hmm. So that that's the difference with the fiberglasses; it will have a base color on it first. You won't see any kind of weave like you would on carbon fiber.
1: Right. If I wanted a solid color, is that is that an option? So yeah, if I wanted you. if I wanted black or OD green or tan or whatever, I could do that as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, we've got four or five different categories on the website where you just kind of pick. Yeah. You know, standard colors would be like just straight up. We call it black sky. It's just a black shot. Right.
1: right. Let me ask a, a, a silly question. Forgive me, but I have a, uh, I have a rifle that's, that's Cerakoted and it's what I call brown, but mm-hmm. it's not brown. It's kind of a dull copper colored. You know what color I'm talking about? I don't know what color that is, the, but you know what I'm talking they, about? It's a Cerakote yeah. finish. And did mm-hmm. I get a stock to match that?
0: some of them um i don't want to say yes out the window but we do have pretty close matches our sales team have they've been compiling a list of Cerakote stocks colors over the year mm-hmm. years to tell someone yeah if you've get the carbon sage which has a green in it and they want to match it to a saricoat then go with Cerakote number you know 1412 or whatever okay right and, okay okay and the, carbon, the carbon bronze is a very popular colored stock and a lot of guys get the matching cerakote and the 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 colors are are almost identical they look great match up
1: yeah yeah well that that just gives you a whole lot of options not not only from a price point but also for the customization of the guy because if i'm buying a a custom rifle stock i want to customize it for me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not just the fact that it's carbon fiber or fiberglass in this case, but I want it to look like how I want it to look. So I don't have to go pay $500 for a stock and bring it home and paint it myself. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, that would you know, be kind of,
0: there, there's some talented guys out there who can paint, but then, you know, some guys rattle can it and it looks pretty cool, but yeah. a lot of guys just want to pay for the color they want and have the team do mm-hmm. it. And there's sometimes so many colors that guys agonize. Typically people agonize over, over two features which stock because they they usually fall in love with one or two the alpine hunter and maybe a a chalk branch Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: they agonize over three or four colors yeah they just it's just like which one do i get because this is Mm -hmm. cool that's cool and i always say i just buy them all but you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i get four rifles actions to fit in all these you know
0: (laughs) yeah and i know a guy will sell you those too
1: so i know you i do too i remember a story by gene hill my favorite outdoor writer. um he said that uh, wives count guns. They don't count gun cases. So right. he keeps he keeps some old gun cases in the trunk of his car and said, I picked this up at the flea market and walks in with a new old gun case. That's, <laughs> That's funny. That's I know. Funny. Hey, it baby, works. you
0: look beautiful today. She's like, I'm saying it? it
1: works. It's just another gun case. You can't have too many gun cases. <laughs> That's
0: right. You just never know. Keep our That's right. valuables in it.
1: That's right. Um, what else do we need to know about about these new products there, Matt?
0: if you hit our website, I'm, I'm excited about the website. I uh, went out to Cody, Wyoming um, in, boy, what month 100%. is it now? It's hard to keep track, but I was out there uh, in October and doing some photos. And so beautiful setting, just a great place to do photos. But the website is going to have all, all these new photos on there. And so really, you just go to the website, and it's pretty uh, – easy to navigate. I always get a handful of people to kind of look at the uh, website as we're developing that say, does it make sense? Does it flow well? But if they hit our website, they can read all about the fiberglass and kind of the the pros and cons of a fiberglass and pros and cons of a carbon fiber. And then they can always just call us. Our ladies up front at the sales team, they're always ready to field questions. If they don't have an answer to a question, we'll get the answer and get back to the customer. But yeah, anybody can always call, but they're good quality stocks. And again, they can swap out a plastic stock, wood stock, or some super heavy duty stock for a fiberglass stock and just really have a nice setup.
1: And once again, this is for the Remington 700 and their clones, correct?
0: Yeah. And again, if they're not sure what they've got, then they can just call us. And um, there's a lot of clones out there that we don't have, you know, an XYZ or whatever, but a lot of times, just get a rim 700 inlet with a side bolt release notch, and that's going to work for an, an action if it's just something we don't have.
1: Right, right. So, so for the listener, if you have a Weatherby gun or a Savage, then it probably will not fit because it's a different action. The Savage 110 action is different from the Remington 700. Just like the Weatherby Mark V and the Weatherby Vanguard are different from from others. So, but
0: yeah, and on that note, before I forget on the website under the custom projects tab, there's a list of, you know, three or four gun builders who are able to buy our stocks as flat tops. So they're not inleted, And then they can inlet those to a Savage or a Weatherby. Weatherby. Um, I've seen Ruger, Browning. Uh, we just run our facility here with all the fixtures and all the different programs. We kind of, we focus on the 700, 700 clones, but it doesn't mean you're out of luck with an AG stock. You could work with one of these gun builders and they can put your savage 110 in it
1: right right and 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 that's important i mean it it makes sense to me as just a a guy that you go with the remington 700 it's the most popular action out there and it's one of the best actions out there so it makes sense to go with the masses right
0: yeah i mean you go with the low-hanging fruit it's uh we're in business you know to be in business and you know we want to be a profitable company and we want to go after, you know, the market out there that we we think is the right fit and the 700 it's huge. And, yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, the Savage and the Tikas, you know, we, we are doing Tikas. We kind of laid low a little bit on Tika only because we were so swamped with the 700s, but we've, we've gotten Tika back going. We're trying to add more stocks that are Tika compatible. Um, we've got the Alpine Hunter and the Privateer that are Tika compatible, but we want to run, you know, pot, probably the Visigoth, also an adjustable Hunter. And then maybe um, still the verdict's out on one more stock for the Tika. Mm So I plan to have about five or six stocks that are Tika compatible. Uh, We'll have Tika bottom metal. The bottom metal that comes on a standard Tika is plastic. And again, it works. It functions. But if you want to upgrade, then we'll have a bottom metal for the Tika as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm excited to see them. I'm assuming these will be visible at SHOT Show.
0: Yeah. And come out and touch and feel it. And, and the photos, I just, I got to brag about Dan and Vanessa Bastion. They're in Cody, Wyoming, uh, transient outdoorsmen. Uh, very incredible talented couple who do these photos. And I spent five days out there and it is work. You know, you're up at five o'clock in the morning, you're out the door at six, you're driving to whatever setting we're trying to have to catch the sunrise and you know it's Wyoming; nothing's close. You know, so going out in the mountains, it's a long <laughs> drive, and uh, just very talented people, and they they are uh, Christians as well. And so we had some great conversations as we're driving out to uh, the different photo shoots, mm-hmm. and uh, just really, really a neat couple. And cool. so you see majority of our photos that are all of them on the website came from Dan and Vanessa. Uh, I'll post some photos on Facebook that guys snap with their iPhones and stuff. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it's done by Dan and, and Vanessa. They're just yeah. really good people.
1: But, yeah, That's an understatement that in Wyoming nothing's close. Yeah. That's an understatement. Well, when we were out there hunting, sidebar. Um, Chad and I had a long day one day, and we're like, I'm going to sleep in in the morning, and let's go to town and get breakfast. Because we've been eating dehydrated food for like eight days in a row. And I was like, I want some real food. And we were on BLM land up in uh, the Bighorns. And we pulled out off the dirt road, and there's a sign that says, Warland, 46 miles that way. Buffalo, 41 miles that way. It's 40 yeah. miles of breakfast. We might as well pick one yeah. of them. So, yeah, so we how, how, bad
0: you want, how bad do you want biscuits and gravy?
1: Yeah, I wanted it bad enough to go yeah. all the way. Yeah. 40 miles, go get it. So yeah, you're yeah, right.
0: We were There's out a, doing a hunt yeah. one day, or as a photo shoot, and we we're able to sneak in a hunt. So, one of the, uh, it was me, Dan, and a young guy, Christian, um, good, good young man. I, he's 33, but I'm 50. Yeah. So, um,
1: he's a young man. Yeah. So he's a
0: young man, you know. And, uh, but it was his first, it was his birthday and his first time hunting mule deer. And so, we're out there, we, we hike in probably about three miles in, not too bad, set up mm-hmm. and watching. And, probably about 830, we spot a big old grizzly bear coming down the mountain on the opposite side of us. And he was 1,500 yards away, but he's making his way down. And then, of course, he gets to the stream at the bottom, and now he's probably 500 yards away. And we're starting to watch him. And me as a southerner, you know, I'm like, man, that thing is cool. But (laughs) Dan and Christian were like, well, he's cool over there. Yeah. And we need to watch him. And so he got within 50 yards of us. And at this point, we stopped. Yeah. We stopped filming and uh, cause we were taking photos and catching him on iPhone and stuff like that. But then he got within 50 yards. We're like, okay, we need to, we need to watch this guy. And so we're hooting and hollering at him and, you know, making sure he knows we're there and he kind of walked off, but then he came back and was you know, still 50 yards, really looking at us and curious. And we kind of joked, we were all carrying the Glocks and so we're like, well, we got 45 rounds between us. And so hopefully <laughs> if something happens, um, yeah. you got to make sure it's imminent or your life's at risk or else you've got some federal issues coming your way. Right. Right. But so he turned around and walked off and went off the mountain behind us. But I still had this big old grin because I'm like, that thing is huge. And they said it was the largest bear they'd ever seen. And those guys are from that area. Oh, wow. Beautiful, beautiful creation. And I was just a typical yeah. Like, man, that thing's so cool. They're like, you need to stay 50 yards and beyond cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. 50 yards is a little close. That's a little close for a grizzly. It is, especially for a big one. Yeah, that would be, if I had, uh, um, That I, I think in North America, that would be one of the animals that would be like top of my list to be able to hunt a big grizzly, not a brown bear on the coast, but an inland grizzly. It yeah. just seems so Americana, you know, with the, yeah. the, the, the big grizzly bear.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and they're just kind of in that region. I think Dan was talking about just a different, you know, they, they get over to, it's not all that northwest area, you know. You kind of think, oh, they'd be all the Rockies, but I don't know. But I know it was just kind of an isolated area within the states are where grizzlies right. are located. I, right. I don't know exactly what that region is, but yeah, we after the bear left, and about thirty minutes later, we think that bear probably stirred up a little pocket of muleys, and, and so the muley started moving, and we picked up a bachelor group of about four muleys. And the front one was the biggest, and uh, mm-hmm. Christian was able to get a shot about about a 510 yard shot, and 300 Win Mag uh, hit him. Good shot, walked a few yards, fell over, and of course he rolls down into this deep draw. Not, not of course, yeah, of course, yeah. But good good shot, dropped him, and then we were able to go over there and, and quarter him out and pack him out. And yeah, but it was a, just a good day, good photos, good brotherhood, and uh, good in, good encounter with. God's creation, but right.
1: not, he didn't kill he came home in one piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he came home in one piece. Man, that sounds like, you know, everybody who listens to this show knows how much I love Wyoming. And uh, it's just beautiful country. But one of the things we didn't, you know, we struck out on mule deer when we were there and talking to some locals. They were telling us that, that the best mule deer are in grizzly bear country. And so you you got to decide, do you want to fight the bears to go after a muley or do you want to hunt where there's very few muleys and hope for the best? And one of the locals said, that's why I'm here. I don't like messing with those big bears. <laughs> that's what yeah. he said. It's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. But,
0: well, ignorance is bliss because, you know, we're walking in and you're kind of going along the stream and it was yeah. ideal with bear country. And so, but we're talking the whole time, which is, counterintuitive you know being an old army guy but then also just kind of whitetail you're, just, you're being quiet but we're bright headlight headlamps on and we're talking and we're purposely being loud just right. so we don't startle right uh, there yeah but yeah was, and i got out of there just in time because uh, about 24 36 hours after i left the temperature dropped down to single digits and-
1: that's why we left when when we did there was this blizzard a blizzard country i was camping in my truck and it was supposed to drop down to nine degrees a high of 16 i'm like mm. that's Heading what seven, it was.
0: yeah it was Heading I left on a tuesday and on thursday it was you know high of 10 and yeah and dan went out that weekend on a back uh horseback hunt for two or three days i'm like have at it man because it's super great, <laughs> but they, they smoked megal so we noodles here on that. So, so we kids. were
1: there at the same time, obviously, the last couple weeks of of October. That's awesome. Matt, thank you so much again for joining me here on Christian Outdoors. I do appreciate it. It's always a, a pleasure to get to visit with you and to share with you. I'm excited to see what these new stocks are going to hold. And, again, thanks for sharing your story of how God always provides when you were going through all these different processes.
0: Yeah, that's Thanks for having me. I love talking about it. I love talking about hunting. I love talking about the Lord. And yeah, check us out. If you got any questions, give us a call at agcomposites.com or the 833 AG stock number and we'll we'll help you out.
1: All right, man. Thanks again, Matt.
0: All right, thanks, Pete.
1: Christian Outdoors Podcast is a Ministry of Christian Outdoor Adventures, a 501 C three nonprofit located in Taylors, South Carolina. We depend on your support as listeners and supporters of this ministry to keep it going. If you'd like to contribute and be a partner with Christian Outdoors and Christian Outdoors Adventures and Christian Outdoor Podcast, please go to christianoutdoors.org and select the Donate Here button.
0: Thank you for listening to our show. Please subscribe and leave us a review.